This week on Big Eyes, LJ goes to the mainland while Sid pulls up on the Summer at Kame House episode for Dr. Stone. So stay tuned for episode 118. Let's get it. The Big Eyes Podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you ain't gotta laugh. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Oh, right. He couldn't get 24. <laughs> man, listen, listen. It's a, it's a, it's a tough time. First of all, you ain't had to throw the 44 out there for, for my boy. You know what I'm oh. saying? You ain't got to do the 44 out there for my boy like that. Also, dog. <laughs> the pitcher was trying to paint the corners. I'm crying, son. Nah, That's he, hilarious. He, he needed the inside pitches, man. First of all, this this is not this is not you know RSV and this is not baseball talk. Welcome to the Big Eyes Podcast. We're still at Summer at Kame's house. As always, it's AD. LJ couldn't make it. He might pop in. We don't know yet. Um, but he's out handling business right now. However, do have special guest Sid in the building. What's going on, my brother? What's up? What's up? What's up? It's it's good to be here. I, yo, you know how long I've been waiting for the summer at the lookout call? Like, hey man, listen, bruh, I've been I've been I've been seeing y'all kick it on the island, I, bro. I'd be like, damn, bro, they not fucking with me. They they not they not hey. let me they not let me pull up to the island. This is crazy. Nah, it's nah. it's good to be here, dog. You already know we had to. We, it was a it was a private event, bright link that we just sent out to the homies. You know what I'm saying? Like. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? We just had to tell folks, you know, pull up. You can't spread the link out everywhere, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, we got Oolong in the back. He's still cooking up everything good. Par somehow learned how to roll up from this man while he was cooking up. So, Par Blaze, you know what I'm saying? Roshi got the good good, good videos on, man, you know what I'm saying? So, we're having fun here at Summer at Kame House. Last week, we had the episode of Bakuman, and that was a fun time. But this week, we're talking about Dr. Stone. And of course we had to bring you back because last time, man, we had a good Dr. Stone talk, man. So of course. Listen. Uh but what else have you been reading? Before we get into that talk, what else have you been reading, man? Like what have you been tapped into? Um, so obviously Chainsaw Man Part Two. That's oh, yeah. that's that's the must read. Uh oh, yeah. reading a Yu Haka show. I reread uh Assassination Classroom. Mm. I read One Punch Man uh all the way through. Um, I read, I read all of Dragon Ball, all of Dragon Ball Z, all of Dragon Ball Super up to where, where it was, uh, read all of Shaman King. Oh man, you've been on the, you've been on the hunt. You've been on the binge, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, just, just stuff to read at night. Just get, just to give me something to, to, to look at every, you know, I, I get in bed around shit around like 10, 10 30 now. Get, I'm starting to get old. Getting to bed ten, ten thirty, <laughs> and then uh, and then from there, kind of just uh, read read whatever is in my is in my purview. So yeah, you know, just trying to just trying to stay tapped in with the scene and make sure that I can uh, that I can you know be able to have these talks and and obviously before this, I read all of Doctor Stone. My my little brother is very into Doctor Stone right now. I, I put him on to. Uh, 
I put him on to it, and he's having a, he's having a great time with it. He's having a real good time with it. And man, listen, as LJ would say, this is manga, PBS, you know what I'm saying, Magic School Bus. So, you know, it, it's a it's a very fun series. In my opinion, like, you know, every everybody needs to give Dr. Stone a little chance, a little look through. Like, it's something different that has appeared in Shonen Jump and something that we haven't really seen come through in terms of, like, you know, the Shonen Jump sphere. Like, when we think of Shonen Jump, we think of, like, all the battle action things that come through. Like, of course, Chainsaw Man, Jujutsu Kaisen, One Piece, My Hero. But then when you get some of these other titles, you know, like Blue Box, um, things that you don't necessarily gain the the widespread appeal that the battle action manga would. I mm. think Dr. Stone, because it's the most recent, um, the most recently completed uh, Shonen Jump series without being axed or anything like that. Like it had 232 chapters. It just recently had a, a special epilogue chapter like two weeks ago. Um, right. I, I like that one. I really, yeah. I thought that was good. <clears throat> yeah, no, that one was really good. That one was amazing. Like the setup, <clears throat> we'll get to it when we get there. Like, but right. I, <clears throat> I really did enjoy that chapter as well. But I'm saying all of this to say is like, when it comes to Dr. Stone, it's something very different. And I mm-hmm. think that because of the, like the direction that it takes in the beginning with like the apocalypse setting up the, you know, we're coming back from the world of, the stone age where we're embarking on restarting the world and using like the fundamentals of science in order to like recreate the world in this way. I think that, you know, in the beginning, it doesn't, it sounds very interesting. And in some aspects of it, you know, like the, the graphs, when they start making things and how things relate to each other, it gets kind of like, you know, widespread, but it all makes sense at the end of the day. It's not anything like, uh, I hate to use this in ex- as an example because I love it, but like you know how like JJK does those charts, man. Like when we just had right. the, the Hakari thing, and like how sometimes we'll get things of like explaining what how things work. Um, but with Doctor Stone, they'll make everything like you know relatable in a way where you right. know the very digestible science. Yes, very digestible. It references things that have already occurred within the story. So you don't really need to retread the the full scope of everything. It'll just be a graph of like, here's nitric acid. Here's like, you know, electricity. Here's how we're gonna make a battery. You know what I'm saying? Like this is it, it reuses old things and it'll compile those into you know, building up the foundations of science. So I do appreciate Dr. Stone for, you know, at least showing that when it comes to the evolution of science in general, like it does it in the the best profound. I I don't want to say profound, but it is very profound because that's literally how science and evolution works. Like we take things and then we build upon those fundamentals and we create even grander things. And throughout the story of Dr. Stone, we, 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 we get to all of these things. Um, uh, but am I like, first, first, let me ask you this. What is your thoughts on it from you first reading it and then your reread? Um, my first read, I think I was more interested in the mystery aspect of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's something that, that really helped the show, but, um, uh, on the reread, um, I think I'm more interested in kind of like the process behind everything. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of what made me 
look at look at it and be like, wow, I'm really enjoying this. And you know, I I've, I'm pretty sure I've talked about it on here before. Like I used to be a teacher, um, mm-hmm. kind of just getting that level of digestible of digestible science in a way that um that allows people to just enjoy oh my goodness Peter Alonzo yeah I saw that. Um, that was crazy oh my God. <laughs> that man did a walk off oh <laughs> we're watching God. we're watching the MLB All-Star game for those who didn't know like we're also recording this on the Monday um but so you'll get this on Tuesday yeah, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry. That was not no, no, no. supposed to happen. No, 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 because that was yeah. crazy. No, that man, yeah. that man launched it. <laughs> oh, that was crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, like I said, be, being a teacher, um, being able to kind of ha- like have that digestible level of science and be able to storybook it in a way that um, – that makes it so that not only can you understand it, but like it kind of demystifies science, which which I which I find really cool. And even you know, even though when we get to some parts of the story where it kind of gets into pseudoscience with time travel and stuff like that, and and whatever you know the Y man is and, and and all of that, um, it's it's just one of those things where on the reread. Um, you can kind of lean more into the process without thinking more about the mystery and you kind of enjoy the adventure for what it is. And, and you get to, you know, you get to your parts, you get to Treasure Island and, and you know, the, the mystery of Treasure Island was so different than anything that had popped up before because it was, they're, they're now dealing with science that they hadn't, um, that they hadn't dealt with before. And... Mm-hmm. And they're also dealing with like, you know, this is someone who is who is like actually an adult trying to kill them or an adult trying to get them out the way as opposed to where at the beginning it's kind of like a Lord of the Flies kind of situation. Right. But it turns into kind of like a global a global thing and it goes from Lord of the Flies to kind of like a world war type of type of deal. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it's just one of those things on the reread where I think demystifying the science is a huge part of that and being able to kind of see how the story progresses through other, through other forms of like English, English writing. um, It it becomes really cool. And then there's also kind of like the sociological aspect when they're building societies. So like they're kind of talking about, and even the religious aspects, they're talking about like, um, they're talking about like the, like the, the the uh the creation of money and what uh-huh. that means and having oil and Senku talks about the morality aspects of guns and they talk about the morality aspect of uh of bringing people back to life or keeping them alive and yeah. everything and you kind of it like I said it's it's pseudoscience but it kind of demystifies the thought process behind it which makes it it makes it very entertaining like yeah. it you know it, and it makes it more than just a science series it kind of makes it like a, a mythical type of deal that you know mythical stuff is fun like mm-hmm. we, it, you know a lot a lot of the mythic mythical stuff of shonen tends to be fighting based and yeah. not to say that this didn't have its action or fighting but like it was a it it had its times where it's realistic but also 
mystical in the same way. But like, you know, yeah. but like it's all based in science. So like it it makes it so that it's one of those things to where you're really enjoying what's going on and you don't even realize like you're kind of learning through the entire way through. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's one of those fun things about it where as we embark on this journey, because there's six sagas into this, but we start off with the prologue and we get into, you know, Senku waking up after, you know, um, he and Taiju are, you know, normal high school students. They start. They, let me start off there. The fact that they're just normal high school students, and we see like who who Senku is. Like he's always been this brainiac and everything. He's always trying out new things about science. And when the when the petrification happens, and he sits there encased in stone for almost four thousand years, and he's just counting down in his head, like just to keep his mind going until he wakes up and he's depetrified and, you know, he ends up finding Taiju and they start to embark on this journey to, you know, revive some of their old friends, start to find, you know, uh, when they have their moment with Tsukasa and, um, mm-hmm. with the lion and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and the fact that he's like the world's not the worst, like the world's strongest high schooler, you know what I'm saying? And they have this, this team up and, you know, that's one of those fun things where you we get it in the anime and we see kind of like the beginnings of the Stone War and, you know, their their ideals of, well, shit, I'm Tsukasa is like, man, fuck the adults. I'm about to start the kids next door. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, right, right. So that's why I said it's, it's very like starting off. It's very like Lord of the Flies ish where they're they're populating this 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 world, this place. And they're they're trying to build their own rules. They're they're fighting for ideological supremacy in a way that you know they 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 wouldn't be able to do in any other setting. And mm-hmm. it you know it it shows. And then there's times where there's inklings of the old world that pop up, like when uh when the kids think uh Lillian is is back and she's and she's messaging them from the United States. They're like. Uh, okay, we we have to stop doing this. We have to stop bugging out. Yeah, and it's it's you know it's it's one of those things where, um, it's it's real interesting. Like it's a it's a very it's a very deeply layered story. I think, and I think that the the influences are there from a lot of different um, from a lot of different uh, like English English stories and and things like that. And you know, it, it's. I love it. I really do love it. I really do. Same, same. And I think one of those fun things, like, especially in the beginning is like, you know, we have Sinku here as this sort of scientific mentor guiding them along the way. And um, we kind of see his ideals, but it's not until we see someone like Gin, who is, you know, we start to see the aspects and traits of all these different people who make up, who eventually make up, you know, the kingdom of science. And it, it stops becoming, you know, just basic science. And it starts to become this world thing where eventually we get to a person who knows geography. We get a person who is a computer programmer. We have mm-hmm. a pilot, you know what I'm saying? Like an actual, right. we have all of these different people who are necessary in order to, recreate the world in a sense and i think that's one of those fun things where it we it's one of those things where when you think about like us in reality like how many different people like even though like you know 
we may disagree on a lot of things like our governments are kind of trash like and i think that's one of those things that they do bring up in, in dr stone be, like mm -hmm. especially with sukasa saying like yeah nah fuck all of them niggas like we have war it's famine you know what i'm saying even with Zeno at a certain point, we have all of these different things. We look at it in real life and we're like, man, even though a lot of governments and like different countries be on some bullshit, it really takes like a normal person, a normal citizen who is specialized in their own interests to help be a small cog in this big, gigantic infrastructure that helps keep the world going and helps it evolve even further. So it's like, that's one of those fun things in, in Dr. Stone that I really appreciate about it. I think once we get into um, the Ishigami village, when we start to see, you know, the, the cavemen, the remnants of Byakuya. First of all, listen, man, Byakuya, probably one of the best dads in anime. Oh, top one dad. Top one dad. Top one dad. Listen, man, this man sold everything so Senku could have a future, man. Like, listen. No, like, like, not even in like the like, like he really did everything to make sure that that man could have a future. Like, like, yo, like, I, th I think like during season one when they're when they're going over all this and they're showing like the, the little montage, when bro, when they're when they're landing back on Earth and then they're going through like all of them dying from from uh, pneumonia and everything, mm -hmm. and then uh, uh, Biakuya writing the hundred tales and all that i cry every time Listen, i cry every the, single time the hundred tales is really really like that's probably one of my favorite things about the beginning of dr stone mm -hmm. like the fact that they've been encased for four thousand years and yet biakia and all of his co-workers and peers were able to restart a village and pass down those tales in hopes that one day somebody who would be related to Senku now. It may be, it sounds kind of far out there, but the fact that it even happened to begin with, and we got the story up to that point, like for right. him to actually get the story and be able to decode what they were talking about in the hundred tales. That was something amazing. I really, really enjoyed that one story aspect of it. And the fact that we get into like Ginro, Kinro, Kohaku, right, the names being like silver, gold, like, you know, it's, it just kind of talks it just shows the importance of of tradition and storytelling and things like that that you you know that you get when you when you look at uh, a shonen a shonen anime and they'll you know they'll talk about the the importance of of like family and 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 community and everything like that but you know it it doesn't always ring the same because mm -hmm. it's not you know it's it's not this you know yeah. it's and and they're showing they're now showing like the like how important this actually is. Like it, it's so far gone as to say like this is a tradition that they that they've known that they need to keep alive for hundreds and thousands of years, so that like when they finally hear Senku's last name, they're like, "Yo, you're the person we've been waiting for." Like, you're the prophecy, this, right? <laughs> th this is you, and like. And it's not even in like a you're like the savior type of way. Just like yeah, your last name is is Ishigami. You're related to the founder. Like you know, it, it's just it, it's one of those things. And it's even funny how they talk about um 
how they talk about like, oh my gosh, we're related to Senku. And he's like, no, you're like thousands of years. <laughs> you're thousands of years out. Like at that point, nobody's really related. But like he was he was my, my actual father's friend. And I think they did a great job of making us not care about who Senku's actual dad is. Yeah, because like, Byakuya was that great of a dad. Like, who, who right. gives a fuck? Like, right, like, who who, who gives a hell who, who who that man's dad actually was? Yeah. Like, you know, like, they, they said, like, I, I don't think they ever revisit that ever again. Like, they literally say it once, and then that's the end of it. Yeah, exactly. Like, and normally in a series, I'd be like, oh, that's, that's, that's lame. Like, you know, mm-hmm. show us who that is. But now they're just like, nah, you know, it, it doesn't matter because, like, we're, we're still going over the importance of, like, bloodlines and everything like that and and family and and everything without having to without having to kind of hammer home a point that that we've seen in these and in, in shonens before. Yeah. And I think that's one of those things where as once they accept Senku for who he is and accept, like, science in general, because in the beginning they were like, nah, this is magic, like. Right, like it—it it was one of those fantasy things that we would say is like battle action, but because we know that it's actual science, and Senku knows it's actual science, he's able to explain like, "Nah, this is actually how it works." And I think that's where we can appreciate someone like Chrome, who right, beginning doesn't know as much as Senku, but he's that—he's that lower level character in anime that we always like want to see build up like we want to see his skills kind of build up how is he going to perform when the the overpowered character is out of play like we even had right arc when it came to Zeno and Senku was out of commission like this man got shot in the stomach oh yeah I forgot they, they tried to murk that man <laughs> yeah yeah and then Chrome had to step up and he had to take over the game man like one of that when you see from his beginnings and how he was starting to learn science and everything, like that's one of those things that you can appreciate in, in, mm-hmm. across all of anime and showing like, yeah, this character is the most improved character. Even with um Suika in the beginning where say, she she is my most improved. Yeah, she, no. She's my most improved by far. It, it, go ahead. Her her whole arc as a character was about being useful. Yeah. And She's like, oh, I want to be able to be useful. I want to be able to do this. I want to be able to help because she's the smallest person in the village. Like mm-hmm. everyone knows, Baby Suika, but you know she she's she has the seven year stint where she is is the lone person on the earth. Yeah, like and and then she she figures everything out, and you know Senku finally gets revived and. He's like, Suika, you did a great job. You were so useful. And she finally gets like the vindication that she was looking for. And then exactly. as they go further in the series, like and I, like, you know, this is closer to the end of the series, but as we get as they as they get to towards the end of the series, she's like she's like, No, uh, we, we have three science users now. Like we have we have three people who know what's going on. And it, it's just one of those things where it's just like I I really do appreciate kind of like <laughs> i'm gonna go wrestling here the the long-term booking when it comes to when it, when it comes to these characters just because um you know be being able to have that and 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 for it to come full circle and if you would have asked me at the beginning of this series i wouldn't have said you know sweet is going to be the one to have some compelling character arc that oh yeah that nah. gets wrapped up beautifully in a way that like 
because it shows. Yeah, you know, it, like, it's crazy because it's like when we see her in the beginning, like she, like as far as like all of the villagers, like they all had their different ideas about the magic of science and everything, and like Suika was a special case because she was blind, like. And Sinku would had to craft like lenses and put them in a melon for her so that she could see like it was uh goggles. And once she was able to do that, like she she herself could no pun intended see the appreciation behind science. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like even before she became like the science like a, a science user, like uh, it was the appreciation there. And then turning, you know, turning the village into a from you know they 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 talked about her all the time when they're talking about um they're talking about how they turn the village into into um into like a, a little fishing village to now like we oh, can we can store no. food we can keep people alive they they talked about this big extinction event where they lost like 20 percent of the village because they had one bad winter and everything mm-hmm. like so you know like just seeing all how Something as simple as like it, it it just shows an a kind of appreciation just for the things that you don't ever think to have an appreciation for, like having a refrigerator and and like lights saran wrap and lights <laughs> and just like kind of just the basics of human existence and how how like they've taken everything so far. <laughs> Yeah, like I think that's one of those great things where it's like once Sinku was able to demonstrate all of these different applications and uses, like even to the point where we were able to start making roads. Like we started off with what the the hydraulic plant, the hydro plant, and then we right. started ended up like we should take this with us. Like let's let's bring it along the way, and then we started making cars. He started paving the road so that the cars could go along it, and then we get right. into the 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 whole battle with Tsukasa where he's he knows about technology but they're using like war based technology and that's where right. we get like Ukio um what's with his the, name with the um with the with the, the sonar the, hearing yeah and then you have um what's the other guy's name who was going to betray them at a certain point uh, he had the, uh, the cop. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember his name. Not even him. Oh, man. Fuck the cop. Dude. First of all, man. Oh, I, yeah, he, was, he was awful. The, yeah. I don't know why Siku gave him the gun. I'm not going to hold you. Like. Yo, that, that's, that, <laughs> that's, that's whiteness. Remember, it's, 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 it's Japan. It's Japan. So oh, you got to remember the way, the way policing works in Japan is different than in America because it's a, it's a kind of it's more or less a homogenous looking society where you know, it's it it's it, it works a bit different. So I wouldn't have given the cop the gun, but you know, they cops aren't bad in Japan like they are in America. I don't know, man. The moment this man said blamo, I would have just took the gun back. Yeah, I'd be like, no, man, you can't, you can't do this. And then I I thought like it was like it was kind of it wasn't funny, but like it was kind of funny where like they realized like oh he's actually like not. He, he shouldn't be the one with the gun. And then him and, uh, <laughs> him and Magma are like uh, trying are to fight over it. <laughs> Neither one of them should have. First of all, Mag- Magma is one of my favorite characters because like, I think his whole vindication came when we get to the calculator experiment and they put him on the calculator and they have Sinku, uh, Zeno, and Sai try to work out this very long math problem and he just pushes a couple of buttons and he answers it quickly. And, and right. like just to prove like the 
the power of a calculator and where they're going with like computer technology. And honestly, that's one of my most like the ending of Dr. Stone when we're getting into technology because I graduated with computer science and everything. Like I, I I'm I'm a tech nerd at art. I'm not gonna hold y'all, man. But like right. and, like just seeing like all of these different applications uh come together and seeing how easily something can be simplified with a few presses of a button when you do all of the work on the back end and it makes just society life that much easier. It it was one of those things where I appreciated Magna for his character who he was just a wild boy. He was just like, man, I'm about to run shit, man. Fuck all this science shit, man. What's what's up with the hands? You know what I mean? Like right. he was he was always trying to plot and get um, you know, get into some shenanigans when it comes to handling business but i think when once he was on board with science and he was able to see like the actual power and everything like he was also one of those characters who you could really appreciate um for his character growth and development and that's one of those things i appreciate about like a lot of these characters in dr stone they have their like face turns they have their like moments of you know revelation where you know Maybe Sinku is on to something here. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe the right. maybe all of these people are on to something. Because I even think like when we get to the Sukasa thing and we have to cryogenically freeze him because we have the we're trying to find a way to revive him and break him back to life. I think right. that's like even with that start of the Doctor Stone world, uh, the world tour. I, that's one of those fun things where it's like, okay, like, where are we going to go from here? Like, we've had the war with Tsukasa. We've had, like, the, the back and forth tactical warfare. How can we get Gein to, like, you know, play play his card of being, the you know, the mentalist? How can we get um, Taiju in there, you know, properly? What can we do for all of these things, for all of these different characters, for all of these moving parts? And I, right. one of my favorite things about, like, you know, that we really don't give enough credit to is, like, you know, one. This is a duo. So we have Retro Inagaki, who also wrote Aisha Twenty One, and it was. Uh, Did he? Yeah, he wrote. He wrote Aisha Twenty One, and it was drawn by Yusuke Murata. So there's that. But really, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I didn't know Murata did that. I Yusuke Murata is one of my favorite artists in the world. Oh he's yeah, just so good. He's oh, yeah. so good at what he does. He is, but that's where I'm going to lean into because Boichi handles all of the art extremely right. well i think you know a lot of people complain about like the eyes in dr stone i think that's probably one of the few complaints about the eyes and motherfucking catchphrases those are like uh, yeah i i <laughs> thought it was i thought the catchphrases were corny but like they they were harmless like it's a every it it shows differentiation in the character you know yeah yeah like like I've like the pig Latin from from um from uh oh, game. Game. like I I hated it. Like <laughs> I grew to appreciate it. Like it it kind of just broke tension sometimes. Yeah, like, you know, it just it, it's one of those things where where it's just like, all right, this is this is dumb, but whatever. It, it's like oh, it's like uh it's like oh, we gotta we gotta pull up on a on a on the king of of. Of, of Treasure Island, mm -hmm. and he goes, uh, he goes, uh, a real fray, like, like <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, wh why would you? Is, is this you? You just can't say a normal way, yeah, like, like. Come on, yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's funny, and I it's even funnier because like people, uh, like no one really calls it out, except for Senku, 
and I, I kind of think that's kind of just funny how like how like kind of it's kind of just like the breakdown of language yeah. for for people who are like cavemen and have never heard anything other than Japanese before. So like it, it's Albert Pujols is doing terribly. Oh my gosh, yeah, this is this is this is kind of. It's kind of a, a sad day for the people who I wanted to see do numbers, man. Like, right? Uh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's kind of just like the breakdown of language that that makes it uh that that makes that makes it really really funny to me that uh that really helps um that it, really helps uh that really just kind of helps immerse yourself in the world. Yeah, and it kind of helps you like get involved with a lot of these characters like even to the point where like not a lot of them have that many catchphrases like they just have their natural character traits like the only people right. who i could really think of that would have the catchphrases would be like Senku because he got 10 billion and get excited like those yeah. two and then you got chrome with like this is real bad you know what i mean like those <laughs> chrome chrome's grew on me yeah, yeah Chrome's grew on me. Like he, the, this is real bad. It's just like he's like, yo, this is like badass. But like, yeah. he didn't want to say bad. You know, it's just one of those things where I was just like, damn, this is cool. Like, good for him. I'm, yeah, Chrome, Chrome was awesome. I, I love Chrome. Yeah, no, <laughs> Chrome is honestly like, okay. So let me ask you real quick before we continue. Like, who are your top five Doctor Stone characters? Ooh, okay. Um, okay, Senku, mm-hmm. uh, one obviously of course chrome 2 um ryusei 3 i absolutely love ryusei. oh yeah he's definitely I, yeah i love ryusei um stanley 4 yeah stan stanley a cold that's a cold motherfucker right there oh yeah stanley cold cold as hell um and then 5 oh gosh it's either it's between Kohaku and um, uh, God, what's his name? Hyoga. Yeah, I could, I could, I could dig that list. I would probably, yeah. I would probably say the same. I would probably swap Hyoga out for Sai, even though Sai appeared way too late in the story. Like right. just, just for personal bias, like right. I, I would appreciate Sai in, in his story, especially with his relationship with Ryusui. Like. I think like all of those characters are are definitely you know very fun characters. Oh, also Suika, like I really enjoyed Suika. Like even though she wasn't very prominent, um, she was also very fun. Um, mm. Even with the old man, uh, I forgot his name, but he was always uh, Kasuki. Yes, he was always around, like helping build things out. He was appreciative of being like the the senior engineer upon things for the for the village, and him just like learning new techniques. Like I think one of my favorite things about him is when he, um, I think he was sick at one point, and Sinku did something to him, and he just ended up flexing, and he had the Roshi right, muscles, right, like, right, right, like that was one of those things where I'm like, all right, man, this, this even he's kind of fun. Like Stanley is fun, like his whole thing, the the chase around South America with Stanley and them, like kidnapping Zeno from California all the way down, and it's just like. This this whole tactical warfare, them meeting um, the geography girl, and kind of having to mm-hmm. ditch their stuff along the way at the Panama Canal or something like that, and then mm-hmm. just having to come back around, like all of that was fun, man. Like all of these characters with their own, there is no character that really feels the same 
I want to say that. Like, the only two that I could kind of think that feel the same are the nurse and the reporter lady. Those are the only two that I kind of feel like kind of hit on a, a similar note. But otherwise, everybody is pretty much unique in, in the story. Like, right. <clears throat> I think when we even get to um, understanding who who the overall villain is, because we don't even know, like, in the beginning, we don't even know about anything about the petrification. We're, we're finding out things along the way. And it isn't right. until we get radio technology that we hear the white man's voice and Boichi's depiction of like the skull uh behind Sinku like mm-hmm. grabbing him like that's that's some creepy shit but like at the same time man like just watching like seeing this unfold on the pages and you know the the tension behind the situation I think that's one of those things where it's like, oh man, we're like we're actually like getting into some heavy stuff, and right, you, you know, and it's it's a tonal shift in the series because yeah. now it's it's not only it's not only we're kind of trying to deal with the the idea like the man made our man made problems, like you know, like we're we're kind of dealing with with food and everything like that. We're, we're right. dealing with all that. We are now dealing with an external force that can reset all of this exactly without us ever really having a chance to stop it and it's it's now a race against the clock mm-hmm. like it, it's not just it's not just um it, it's not just we're we're doing this on our own now it's it's now where where you know we really have we really have real issues now that that we do not know how to solve and if this becomes a problem in a way that it was before then we're we're done and they're trying to like break down how how they know it's not going to be a problem like they're they're doing the scientific the the breakdowns on on how and why they're uh how and why like why why man won't do it again they're trying to figure out like the the trajectory of of uh like how the light beam travels and everything and Mm -hmm. it's all kind of just a build-up to this final encounter right and i think that's one of those fun things like at this point we're when we get into a lot of the things that happen later on in the story they make the processes so much faster when it comes to like building up new technology like at this point we have made guns we have made like planes we have i think we've even made grenades Sinko is starting to test out like throwing throwing grenades and and other artillery at, at at things just to you know he and he even recognizes like yeah this is the really where war starts but like at the same time we need this not necessarily to use but as a a push as an advantage for you know when we come up with Zeno or we come up against Stanley and anything else that we may end up facing like even, I think the the biggest threat that we had at a certain point was Zeno, and then we get into Stanley and yeah, um, Stan, Stanley <laughs> is that uh, yo bro. Stanley didn't even try to like be casual about things. They he was just like, yeah, I'm a I'm a kill shit. Like yeah, like he just like a military sniper. 
and mm-hmm. he's just like, yeah, you know. And I think that, like, in, in contrast with Zeno and when we get Zeno introduced and how big of an influence he was on Senku, I think that's, like, the perfect foil and, like, a perfect addition to, to the story where we have someone who has been in the world of science, who has been in the industry before the world w- went to the apocalypse and to the Stone Age again. And we have Senku, who is, like, this young, up-and-coming you know, aspiring scientist who wants to create this building, this kingdom of science, who was inspired by Zeno. You know what I'm saying? And you, you, when we get to those chapters of, you know, him sending Zeno those messages back and forth, and them having those intimate moments of, you know, like the 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 camaraderie, you know, say the familiarity uh, of Senku having someone to actually look up to who understands the kind of thought process that he has. But then when we get into the actual war and we kind of see where all of that collapses and their ideals differ and, you know, tensions break down, we have the moment where, you know, Senku is captured, but we leave everything up to Chrome and he handles business with everybody else along the way. Um and, and all of that happens. I think that's a very fun moment. Um, you know, I just building up into the ultimate climax to when we get to the actual petrification devices in South America, where we see a buttload of them. Like in the beginning, we had the the other island, and uh, one of my favorite moments is the the climax of that arc where everybody is about to get petrified and. You know, everybody is pointing up to wherever the the um the the uh, the potion is, right? Oh yeah. Oh, you, you got it. You got it mixed up. Um, you got it mixed up. It's, it's the know? it's the uh, device. Oh, treasure Island. Yeah, treasure. treasure Island. No, I'm just saying, like, yeah, but Treasure Island in general, like, even with that arc, I'm just saying, like, you know, one of my favorite moments from that is just like, oh, when they, yeah, when they're when they're measuring, um, the like length, the, the dis- yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm I'm following now. Yeah, following. yeah, yeah. But like, even with that, and then just like leading up to that moment, and then what with um going up to from that from that one small device where they start to try to figure out like okay there's a small battery in here there's only one charge left we're gonna have to find somebody who's like a watchmaker we get a watchmaker who ends up right <laughs> who ends up helping out with this like out of all the things you know what i'm saying and then we end right. up getting Someone who worked at like k jewelers or something yeah <laughs> this man worked on rolex he got he made the ap's for future man you know what i'm saying like right like i say he he definitely had a, had a paddock in there somewhere yeah yeah, and but like the fact that we get him and he's able to help us push forward with you know decoding what these devices are, and then we get to South America where nah, there's a whole like load of them here, like it's a it's damn near a pyramid of of these, you know, and just the fact of like okay, we got all of this, we know like we we see this disturbance on the moon, you know, we get to the moon arc and we know that that's the next place that we got to go because that's the only place that the the device can actually work to cover the entire world from from a certain uh distance without actually having to affect anybody i think um with that part in itself where they start to build up into getting the rocket they work on they work on making the internet like they they start to learn about computers and gps systems and everything like that they make telescopes they they start to study the i 
what's on the moon? Where the, can they find the actual uh, surface that has Y-Man or what could be Y-Man located on it? And, you know, when they get into Suica and Chrome trying to build the, the rescue ship because they only they say they only have enough uh, technology and enough um, space for the first space shuttle to only have three people on there. And they decide that it's like um, Senku, Kohaku and Sukasa. Stanley. Stanley? Stanley. Okay. Because it was supposed to be... Um, it was supposed to be... It was supposed Ryusei. to be... Yeah. But uh, Ryusei, no, he's, Ryusei was upset that there was a better pilot and better shooter. Yeah. You know, he had worked really hard to be a better shooter. Yeah. And like just the fact that he was able to give up something that he really looked forward to. And, and because he knew he wasn't capable enough, there was somebody who was more skilled. Like, I, I think that's one of, Risa is definitely one of those characters, like, you can come to appreciate, like, even with Francois. Francois is also underrated. Like, the Facts. like the food, uh, Riha with the, the knitting of the clothes, man. I, I, I And her putting all the statues back together and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Like, Every everyone had their use, and even if it was in like a very non traditional way, um, everyone kind of just uh, every, everyone mattered. Like <laughs> in Doctor Stone, all lives mattered. <laughs> <laughs> now, well, at, at, not in, in all the time because you know they were about right. to start breaking everybody's statues. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> they were really, uh, they were really like, nah, we can't let these niggas come back, bro. Like, I think, um. This is this is another thing that we really didn't get a chance to touch on, but uh, the fact that when we actually discover what the the Doctor Stone itself is capable of and is able to, you know, resurrect people, like people right. can die and you petrify them and their souls actually come back to them, and you know we discover like no, this is the secret to immortality here, like you know what I'm saying, well, this is too powerful at a certain point. What what are we gonna do with this technology? If we really unpetrify everybody, who knows what they may do with this this power? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. um, it's one of those things where it's like, damn man, like Doctor Stone was really getting kind of deep. There was touching on some some really philosophical stuff all the time with it. Um, right, right. They like I said, the the morality, the morality of it. Um, it, it's something that that um that kind of that that really stuck with me just because. The way they're talking about all of this is one of those things where, um, you know, it's they're they're asking the big questions, and that's always nice to kind of have a series that helps with the big questions because we don't, you know, we don't always think about the big questions until some things are going really bad or things are going really right. So you know yeah. it's it's nice to and I I can you know you can make the argument that everything in Doctor Stone is going pretty bad up until uh up until a certain point. Yeah. Is Kyle, is Kyle Schwarber not going to do this? Oh my goodness. Oh, this is bomb. Oh my god. He let oh, <laughs> Somehow Pujol slid. Oh no! I'm oh, happy. God. You know what? You know what? Shout out to shout out to Albert Pujols, man. Oh, shout no. out to Albert Pujols, man. Oh no! <laughs> hey man, hey man. I love baseball. 
I love it. I love it. <laughs> hey, man, listen. <laughs> 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 yeah, man. Di- Doctor Stone hits, uh, hits, hits what it, it hits those, uh, it, it hits those talking points that you never really think you have to think about until it's either too too early or too late. And it, it's it's nice to uh, it, it's nice to kind of have for what feels like a you know Doctor Stone feels like a pretty lighthearted series yeah. at its core when it comes to when it comes to all of this as opposed to something like like promise neverland promise neverland yeah. kind of explain kind of explores some of the same some ideals of the same ideals when it comes to the morality and keeping people alive and and society as at large and like it has those same themes and everything like that but it doesn't feel as lighthearted as Dr. Stone. Dr. Stone, for what is a pretty damn dark series, feels pretty lighthearted all the way through. Like, we're, we we get to a point in the series where, like, a military professional kills five children. Yes. <laughs> like, in cold blood and doesn't think twice about it. Yes. And... and- you know, it, it's kind of, it's just crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, man. And I think like, even with that, like, I'm glad you brought up the, the, the contrast of Promise Neverland because it is like one of those things where they were both running around the same time. And just right. to see those two things, like the, the contrast of morality where one side we see, um, you know, these, these people who are being harvested for food and everything versus this society where we're trying to build it back up. Like one, one set of people are trying to like find this world that they can live in. And the other people are trying to recreate the world that they should live in. And it's, it's even like just the fundamental difference between like being harvested and like keeping people alive. Yeah. You know, like it, 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 it really fires on like just two different, two, two different, like two different ways of, thinking about like the the prospects of life and you know like do we eat people to survive do we keep people alive so that society can advance and we can continue to have like or are we gonna run out of resources because right there are so many things that you know that's one of those things that comes up in dr stone if they keep using the the dr stone they're, they're going to be overpopulated. Like, that's that's another thing that definitely comes up. So it's like keeping people alive, harvesting people. You know, how are we going to feed all of these people who we may eventually come up with? Um, I, it's just one of those things where it's crazy. Like, and I know we didn't get a chance to talk about it, but one of my favorite parts also is the Suica thing with her getting the time skip but she's living like normal life and everybody else is petrified. That was beautiful. That was, I thought that was so beautiful. Yeah, man. Like her, her, um, like getting, getting on, getting everyone getting unpetrified. And she walks up to Kohaku and she is like, we're the same height now. And yeah, when that gets animated, I'm going to cry again. I'm going to cry again. Yeah, man. Same, same, man. It's just, it's just beautiful. Even when we get to actually seeing who Y man is and essentially just an AI, you know, an AI, non a sentient AI being that has no feelings, but it's trying to survive its own way. And the only way that it can survive is by keeping other people alive so that they can, you know, 
rebuild up their own society to keep white men going. So it's like this this Mobius strip in a way. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. It, it, it's one of those things where it's like everybody needs each other, and that's one. That's when I going back to the beginning where everybody is a small cog, a part of this big machine to create this kingdom or uh, or being a part of this world and everybody needs each other in a certain way and that's one of those themes uh in dr stone that i really appreciate like not everybody can do something like even Sinku in the beginning says himself like i'm not strong like i may have this mind but like i'm technically Sinku is uh doesn't give up like as a scientist he he fails a lot and (laughs) and it's always that failure Failure is not the end all be all. And you know, that's kind of just how science works. Like yeah. failure is a is a calculated part of of science in a way that um that you know that kind of just allows for people to to, you know, feel good about it. And yeah. you know, there's there's no there's no end to science. Yeah. And I like it's it's constantly evolving and everything like that. So like it's it's really cool to see how um you know how how they do this yeah and they get the wins once they like through all the failures they get their wins like mm-hmm. and you see them like celebrate once they get those w's coming in like after like 10,000 tries the one time it works like they mark off all the other things that didn't work and you know the hypothesis this time is like okay now it finally works now we can move forward now we can escalate to the next thing like it's just it's it's beautiful that science like right it it like i said for a very dark series it makes me feel very good like i don't i don't want to like i i hate to be like like oh yeah like i i love it because it makes me feel good but like the reason i love dr stone because it it makes me feel really good like there's like there's never a time where um where i'm reading it and like no matter how dark it gets like I'm just like, nah, they, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to figure this out because it's, it's like a buy-in it's, it's trusting the process of science Mm -hmm. that, that they're kind of, that they're kind of just, uh, that they're, that they're trying to sell. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where, where I'm just like, yeah, this is, this is really cool. Like I, I really do love this. I, it, it it makes me it makes me excited like to uh, get excited. It it it, it 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 makes me excited to kind of just be able to have a series like this, where where um some something not typical is put at the forefront of of uh, of a shonen, and like they're still able to kind of check all the boxes with like a feel good protagonist, like a feel good story, yeah, everything like that, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it's it's Doctor Stone is such a, a fantastic read. I think even to the epilogue where they they start to build a time machine. Man, they they're trying to build a time machine, and even with the epilogue chapter of you know we're in media res, Senko is stuck alone at sea, and slowly but surely he acquires everybody to join his party again, and they kind of like use the tools that they have while they're out there to to build themselves up and go back to society because they were looking for something to help with the time machine, you know, like with the epilogue chapter, man, I think Dr. Stone in itself is just a very fun series. If you haven't read it, go read it. It's finished 233 chapters. We have the Biakia reboot chapters as well. If you want to see like some of the stuff about the best, one of the best dads in anime, man, 
you know, <laughs> like it, it's 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 a fantastic series. You know, Inagaki and Boichi, you know, they handle their business. You know, uh, it's Boichi is one of my favorite artists too. Oh, definitely. I, I've been reading. Uh, I've been reading. Uh, what's it called? Um, Sunken Rock. Sunken Rock. Yeah, oh, I've man. been reading Sunken Rock. Yeah. I got I got to tap into that. Yeah, you do. It's it's real good. It's it's not traditional though. It's it's a manhwa. It's Korean. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. I I, I got to tap into my mom with soon, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but thank you, Sid, man, for joining. You know, it's always good to have you on, man. You know, always, always, bro. Yeah, to say it's uh, where we're we're getting close to the end. It's it's yeah, been a uh, it's been it's been it's been a big journey for big eyes. Yeah, know? man, it, it's been crazy. Like we're we're at 118 right now. Next episode, we're doing Bleach, and then the one after that is is the big send off. 120, man. 120. It, it's Ooh, been a God journey. Man. I appreciate everybody for listening to look out, listening to the big eyes podcast. Thanks to everyone who supports us all the way through. You know, you can find us on RNC radio live on the lookout, RNC, Twitter, Instagram, you know, RNC radio live.com. We have so many different podcasts. We have so many different shows. We got the new shows. We got the Jojo agenda. We got subs lie, dubs lie. J and D have been going crazy on those episodes, man. Like those are some yeah, of the most been, fun uh, listen time ever. I, I enjoy all of the things that, that we're putting out. So if you haven't tapped in, go ahead and tap in Spotify, Apple, you know, wherever you listen to your podcast, man, like we're, 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 we're we're having a lot of things going on this summer, man. Like it's so much that we have on the lookout in RNC Radio, RSPN. We just ended, you know. what I'm saying we're 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 boiling down to a lot of different things, but you know, it's, it's stay tuned, man. You know, we're we're not over yet. We're not over yet. We gotta <laughs> we gotta get, man. Listen, I, I've been waiting for the bleach episode for a minute. I'm not gonna hold you. Like we're we're gonna have some fun with that one. I got I got a special guest. She she has been wanting to talk about bleach for a good little minute. Um, so like just stay tuned. You know. Be on the lookout, only on the lookout for the Big Eyes podcast, man. Listen, read, keep reading manga, keep watching anime. I don't mess the whole ending up, man. But you know what? It's all good because you know it's, it's still Big Eyes forever, man. So thanks for listening. Take care.